There's a critical vote happening in Bessemer, Alabama. The Amazon warehouse workers there are voting on whether to unionize, which could have huge ripple effects across the online retail giant. Here's the latest. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining us to run through this big labor battle is Laura Hatala, our Amazon expert. Welcome, Laura. Thanks for having me. So can you give me a quick, quick recap of what this vote is all about? So there are 5,800 warehouse workers in Bessemer, Alabama, voting on whether to form a union. It would be the first uh, U.S. Amazon uh, union. And it's also one of the largest groups, if not the largest group, to vote on forming a union in the U.S. for Amazon. Uh, And so there's a lot at stake here. It could kind of be like a beachhead for unions if it inspires other warehouse workers in other locations to organize. And what are we expecting the results? So the results could happen at any time. Uh, The National Labor Relations Board is counting up the ballots and, uh, you know, they could be this week or next And Amazon has been pretty vocal. They're obviously against this. And they've made the argument that, you know, they already pay their employees $15 an hour, which is above the national minimum. What exactly are workers asking for? What's really prompting this push to unionize down in Bessemer? Right. So the workers in Bessemer say that they would really like more control over their breaks and rest time. Um, And that comes from the fact that these are 10-hour shifts and um, they are extremely physical. So people who are picking up um, packages from totes and uh, putting them on conveyor belts to be put in boxes are walking upwards of 10 miles a day in their shifts, bending down and standing up again, that sort of thing. There's other jobs where there's a lot of movement all day. And um, Amazon does offer breaks, of course, and Uh, allows people to go to the bathroom whenever they need to. But workers say that the requirements to fulfill um, orders are so onerous that they don't really get to take um, extra break on top of those, like our rest period total that they have allotted. Right. And to break it down, it's 30 minutes for lunch and then two 15-minute breaks? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Over 10 hours. Over 10 Um, hours, right. And so uh, that's one of the issues. And then the other is that they would like more uh, clarity and uh, sort of set rules on what can lead to discipline and firing, uh, because some workers have expressed that the firings feel arbitrary, and that combined with all the pressure to keep fulfilling uh, just creates a really stressful work environment for them. Right. There's been a lot written about on Amazon's efforts to discourage workers from unionizing. You talk a little bit about what they've done and some of the, um, for lack of a better word, there the antics or stunts being pulled down in Bessemer. Right. So um, Amazon has these uh, flyers or, or posters, I guess, in their bathrooms called installments, and uh, they have been putting some anti-union messages there, along with other employee announcements. There have been messages sent to employees' phones and um, trainings that uh, some workers say go up to an hour that are against unions. Um, basically trying to persuade workers not to uh, <clears throat> not to vote for the union. Um, Amazon says they do want everyone possible to vote. Um, I think they're just counting on that majority being against the union. Um, and, you know, union organizers have, of course, also been trying to persuade workers uh, to vote for the union. Um, they don't have access to the facility. So they're standing outside talking to folks as they're driving away from their shifts phone banking, that sort of thing. Yeah, I heard some crazy story about how, I guess, Amazon got like the light signals to change so or to, to, to move faster so cars couldn't 
Yeah. So the the folks outside, the union reps outside, couldn't spend a lot of time talking to employees. Is that like what was that about? Yeah. So reportedly, um, you know, there was an intersection as folks were driving out of the parking lot uh, that caused a lot of slowdowns, and that actually gave the organizers from the union the opportunity to speak with workers. Um, and report and reportedly that changed in about January. And they started getting through that intersection a lot faster and that cut down on that amount of time. Um, and, you know, the, the New York Times said that that was actually the result of Amazon's uh, reaching out to the city to make that happen. Well, uh, and beyond that, I think the, you know, the most visible spillover on, of, of this labor fight has been this the Amazon news account from at this point, I think two weeks back. Uh, when, it, when it went on a bit of a, a Twitter rant, they got a bit more aggressive on Twitter. Talk about what happened there. Right. So, yeah, typically Amazon, like a lot of tech companies, uses Twitter and other social media to post positive stories about their what their businesses are doing for the world. But a couple of Wednesdays ago, one of the handful of CEOs at Amazon, Dave Clark, um, tweeted a series of messages directed at Bernie Sanders, kind of criticizing him saying that Amazon was more progressive than him because they already delivered $15 an hour to its workers. Senator Sanders didn't reply, but um, a representative from Wisconsin did, Mike Pocan, and he he said, you know, you can't make that kind of claim when you have, you know, accusations of union busting and workers having to pee in bottles. Um, and that, that peeing in bottles thing stems from a, a variety of different reports, but mostly it's about uh, delivery drivers having to pee in bottles because, and, and also, uh, defecate as well um, because they uh, are so pressed for time on their shifts, they can't find a bathroom. Um, and so the Amazon News Twitter account, which is you know a PR run account, said, uh, you know, responded and, and said, you don't really believe those rumors about peeing in bottles, do you? And uh, <laughs> that kind of took everyone uh, by surprise because it's, it's not like, a, it's not just some kind of rumor. You know, there's, Amazon actually has specific policies banning drivers from um, urinating or defecating in public, uh, which kind of speaks to the problem. And there have also been reports and leaked memos showing that Amazon knows about it. Um, and so they actually had to walk that back. And on Friday, they apologized. They called the tweet a self-own uh, that was inaccurate <laughs> and said, you know, that, you know, that basically that wasn't up to their standards. And they do acknowledge that drivers do have to pee in bottles sometimes. And I, there, I know there was a number of back and forth between you know, politicians and, and Amazon is what what prompted the this turn because it, it's very uncharacteristic of a tech company as you noted uh, to go out and and be so combative on Twitter. Right. Uh, I mean, so Vox reported that Jeff Bezos himself told executives and and you know representatives to be more aggressive about defending the company about these kinds of accusations. And it seems like if this was a result of that, you know, the, the pee bottle thing is what went over the line because they also, you know, they didn't walk back their criticism of Senator Sanders. They also got into it with Senator Elizabeth Warren. Um, they didn't walk any of that back. So uh, <laughs> they, they have gone back to posting positive news and being less aggressive on Twitter, but it, it, uh, it, that may be that that was the short-lived result of those orders. Got it. And and on a more serious note, there were there have been reports about retaliation on Amazon. Can you talk a little bit about that and and what the National Relations uh, National Labor Relations Board has found? 
Yeah. So um, a number of uh, employees and former employees have complained to the National Labor Relations Board that they were either fired or disciplined um, in retaliation for uh, union related work or just work, you know, uh, protesting working conditions. There were a lot of concerns, especially early on about the coronavirus protections in the um, warehouses. And so there was one allegation that an Amazon representative interrogated an employee who organized their walkout for 90 minutes. Um, and then later the Amazon employee who, who planned the walkout was then uh, disciplined for harassment. And so it's things like that. Other people were also just fired um, for, you know, for things that were unrelated, according to Amazon. Um, and so the NLRB looks into these things and basically decides, does this have merit? Should we pursue a case against this employer? And um, there were 37 cases and the NLRB found merit in um, a lot of these cases. And uh, basically what this means is typically the employer will settle. And that means that they will agree to stop doing it. They will post notices around the warehouse reminding employees of their rights. And it's not like some huge victory for the employee, but it does kind of validate their experience to a certain extent. Typically, Amazon will also say they disagree with, with their account of what happened. But, you know, we're going to settle, do the right thing, whatever. Uh, you, know, you talked about uh, COVID protections, and I know that was a big issue early on uh, during the pandemic. I'm curious if, uh, if that still is a bone of contention with some of the employees, the warehouse workers, because I know Amazon has talked a lot about, you know, the billions of dollars they have spent over the last year on protective equipment and more safety equipment for the workers, but is that still an issue? Well, I can't speak to it from every worker's perspective, but the complaints have kind of quieted down over those issues. And I do know that in the Bessemer warehouse in particular, the COVID rates were lower than in the general public of that area. I know that you know everyone has gotten better and more knowledgeable about um, safety with COVID, and and also PPE has become more widely available. Um, it's possible that you know, like a lot of organizations, they've gotten better over time. Got it. And, and ultimately, I know this is really a fight between Amazon and its workers, but what does this mean for consumers? Right. So. Um, one warehouse organizing, if they do choose to join the union, would most likely have zero impact on consumers um, unless there's some one-off situation. But um, if a large number of warehouses organized, it could give unions more power in the form of strikes or work stoppages um, and just at the negotiating table to uh, say, hey, we want to change the way shifts are structured we want higher pay, whatever. So essentially what that could do is drive up the cost for Amazon to keep its two-day delivery service, which is a really key feature in what Amazon um, offers for retail. And it, you know, it's what brings customer loyalty, um, you know, keeps those prime memberships coming. So that's very valuable to Amazon and a large unionized workforce could drive up the cost of that. However, um, I have it from a financial analyst that you know, that's not going to be passed on in higher prices to customers because um, they have to stay competitive with other e-commerce uh, venues. So, you know, it's it's going to be a situation where it potentially just eats at the profits of Amazon. Got it. Ironically, the, 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 the low prices that they had driven in the industry, now they've got to sort of keep pace with those prices that they had set. Uh, Laura, thank you for your time. You can check out our story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. 
For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.